is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning, USA and uh, parts around the world that are listening in to us today on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And we're delighted to have in-house today with us Steve Ronaldo, a host of the show. And uh, we're missing uh, old Baldy, so our lights look a little dim without the reflection off of uh, Jim Weber's head. But that's okay. Jim's probably listening in, and we'll get a nasty uh, call from him here in a minute. But other than that, we have a great guest on today from, and everybody's always heard about this, Kokomo. And uh, I, I think somebody made that very famous, as a matter of fact. But we got uh, Jeff Shively from Kokomo Automotive Museum. And Steve was about to say, say, Kokomo. <laughs> Who made Kokomo famous? Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, all right. Right. But that's anyway, a different coconut. That, that's a different uh, Yeah, just a little different on the ocean. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jeff, welcome to uh, America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Well, thank you for having me this morning. Oh, it's going to be fun, and uh, we always... Uh, we tried to we try to stump the inter- no we don't ever do that we uh, <laughs> and I and I mentioned to you when we were talking earlier that uh, Steve and Jim have relegated one question that they think I'm knowledgeable enough to ask so during the interview I'll be asking it and uh, other than that we're going to get started jump right in I've got your website up on uh, it's being streamed across the country uh, on uh, UStream I've got uh, one page on that. Uh, has a Cadillac on it, and um, what are the? Uh, I guess it's all Cadillacs. Come to think of it, um, and I know that you have many other cars. How long has uh, the museum been open, Jeff? Well, we opened it in 1998, um, but the uh, the history goes back much much uh, earlier. Um, we are the end product of the dream of our local car club, the Pioneer Auto Club. And starting in the mid-1970s, they began the idea of having an automotive heritage museum in Kokomo because our heritage is so rich, which I'll get to later on. Um, but it took a good 20 years and the generosity of a local businessman in order to make it possible. So we're very thankful for that. Well, that, that's, that's good. Jeff, this is Steve. How you doing? Uh, just fine, thank you. Uh a lot of museums that you know. This is one of the things that we're we're doing because I think it's a it's a big, big support for the hobby and uh, and and making people familiar with the antique car hobby. A lot of the museums have a specific area that they they look for. For example, we talked to a guy in uh, uh, upper upstate New York in Watertown, and all he has in his museum. Uh, or where the most of the stuff is is New York State made automobiles. Uh, do you guys have a, a particular, uh, if you will, central focal point that you you sort of try to do? Uh, yes, yes, we do. In fact, um, uh, we're trying to do a better job of it. Uh, we're actually doing some uh, renewing of our galleries to reflect this. But our focus, or our primary focus, which makes us unique, is the Haynes and the Apperson automobiles. Uh, these were made in Kokomo. 
And this goes back to that question we always like to talk about of, of who made the first car. Uh, now, of course, we all know that the first Jeff, is, is that, is that like Jeff, is that like the chicken and the egg? Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of is. Now, we know that the, the Europeans had about a decade head start on us. Um, but Mr. Elwood Haynes, who was, uh, he was a metallurgist, unlike a lot of your early pioneers of the automobile, uh, he was a very well-educated man. He actually had taught chemistry prior to um, being an automotive innovator. But uh, he worked for the gas company, and uh, what happened in where Kokomo is, beneath our feet was one of the richest natural gas deposits in the country back in the 1880s. And uh, this, it supplied a lot of gas to Chicago, uh, which, of course, at that time they were getting gas lights and things like that. So Mr. Haynes was the head of the local um, the local uh, gas company, and he was, basically his job was to go out and make sure, you know, everything, they got the gas to Chicago. And it was hard to get around, you know, on either, you know, obviously either by train or by... Uh, by horse, so he was set about building a horse's carriage in 1893, and he hired two local machinists, Edgar and Elmer Apperson, to build it, and um, they built it after hours, because, you know, in that day and age, people would think you're crazy trying to build, a, you know, something that runs on a horse, and they built it, and it took them until... Um, July of 1894 to run this vehicle successfully, and they did. July 4th uh, ran it a couple miles outside of town. Now it's built up, um, but he made the claim of having America's first car, which he he did not. Um, you'll see the Duryea brothers in um, sure. in Massachusetts, 1893, uh, Lambert over in Ohio in 1891, and uh, Dr. Black. In Indianapolis, we're not sure when he built his Benz copy, but it was sometime in the 1880s, early 90s. Uh, but those cars, that were uh, Mr. Haynes went on to build cars, as did the Apson brothers, uh, until the mid-1920s. And they were mid-to-upper-priced upper automobiles, very innovative. Um, yes, they were. Yes. Uh, Mr. Haynes actually was one of the first. Uh, he started using alloys in his engines very early on. He built a very nice two-cylinder. He went from running a one-cylinder that he bought from the Stins. Uh, company in uh, Grand Rapids. His first car had that. His second car was an engine of his own design over a year later, which he used until I think 1905, uh, a flat two that won an award in um, uh, around Thanksgiving of 1895. There was a race in Chicago, very famous auto race, and he didn't compete because the uh, the car hit a, I think it hit a curb or a streetcar um, rail, I don't remember what it was, bent the wheel, but he won an award for the engine being balanced. So he was he was out there as an innovator. But we, we celebrate those automobiles. That's our primary focus. Do you have quite a few of the Haynes and Haynes-Apperson cars? Yes, we do. We have, well, see, there's, technically there's three companies. There was, there was Haynes-Apperson when they incorporated, and then the two guys, the, the two, the brothers split from Mr. Haynes. Depending on how you tell the story, it, it was not a good split, I guess, is the best way to put it. And uh, Apperson built cars at one end of town, and Haynes built cars at the other end of town. So you have <laughs> Haynes-Apperson, <laughs> And then have Haynes and Apperson, separate companies. And uh, we have uh, about a dozen at any given time, and there are probably 150 known to exist in the world. So we've got uh, almost 10% of them sitting right there in, under our roof. Are they, are they yours or on loan and rotated in and out from other collectors? Uh, most of them are on loan. Most of our cars in the museum are on loan. We do currently own a replica of the 1894 Pioneer, which the real one is at the Smithsonian. We own a 1902 uh, runabout, and we just acquired last fall a 1923 sedan, which 
it was uh, it, it's got a known provenance back to 1926. It was covered, I think, twice in articles in special interest autos. It has a very very uh, interesting kind of sad story that goes with it. But we own three of the cars. But the others, we have, I think, around 23 Haynes and Aperson cars in our county. So we. Um, you know, we have a good supply of them nearby. Yeah, I do a lot of brass car tour. Matter of fact, we're getting ready to go to New England for the New England Brass and Gas. And every now and then, you'll see a, a Haynes or a Haynes Apperson car on some of the brass car tours. Mm-hmm. Do you ever take take yours on any of the tours across around the country? No, I wish we would, but we 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 aren't. Um, uh, we actually we, we do have an invitation, oddly enough, for our replica to go to to Amelia Island next year, uh-huh. but not for touring. It does run. But it's a um, uh, 1980s or 90s replica. Uh, but it's funny you mentioned the Haynes and Aperson cars on, on uh, tours and stuff. Um, there's a gentleman in, uh, in one of the suburbs of Springfield, Massachusetts, who has an 1897 Haynes Aperson Surrey, which he's run in the uh, London to Brighton run several years ago. That that's and, cool. Uh, he ran it for me a couple of years ago. It's an amazing machine to run. See something 120 years old run. <laughs> but but uh, I think he told me it was the 35th oldest car there. So, you know, 1897, you can imagine what the, what the British and the French cars would have been like over there. Yeah, the pretty, pretty primitive. I, I, luckily, I've been able to travel a lot through business and, and uh, have seen Ben's one and then the, uh, the Peugeot one that they argue about who was first. And it's, oh. it's really funny if you go to, to Ben's and, and, and museum, they have a letter from Paul Peugeot's congratulating him, uh, uh, the, be- the Carl Benz, on the first uh, internal combustion automobile. Then if you go over to the Fran- French International Museum, they have a letter from Carl Benz to Paul Pujo saying the same thing. So that's never going to be resolved. Yes, yes. <laughs> Who was number one? Uh, anyway, so I, I think Hain- and Haynes Appersons, if I remember, they were big cars. They were not oh, yes, little. yes. They were big, yes, like five uh, and... These are the Touring cars. The yeah. 75 Series cars are very large machines. Yeah, six-cylinder or, or four? They were... So, well, Haynes is interesting. Haynes actually built... Um, they started out with the, with the one-cylinder, and then they went two-cylinder for the, about a decade, and then four-cylinder for a few years. We don't have a four-cylinder there. They're pretty hard to come by. But the, most of their production, starting in the teens, uh, was six-cylinders. But they did build a light 12. Oh, really? And I, Yes, they they did, and I've seen it in um, I've seen pictures of a 1918. Um, I'm trying to think of the book it was in, but uh, I think there might be, as far as we know, I think there are two in existence. I think there's one in England, and I can't remember where the other one is. But um, now Apperson, he built a uh, straight eight, uh, starting back in the um, mid-teens, and um, he did sixes as well. But uh, so they, they were they were pretty advanced with their engine designs. Yeah, I know. They, they were designed and built in house. A lot of Indiana built cars were assembled cars, you know, getting components from you know all over the place. Haynes and Apsen built their stuff right here in Kokomo. Is there any? Is there a, a? Not I know not readily, but there are there still pieces and parts available for somebody that 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 uh, if they they have one and they do tour with it and drive it, and of course things are going to break. Or is it one of these? Uh, good luck and bring money. Kind of, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good luck and bring money. It is what, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, what it is. We we uh, we have a gentleman on our board of directors who just restored a twenty, I think it's a twenty-two touring car, um, and it was a very expensive and very thorough restoration. 
but uh, I think a lot of the stuff had to just be you know be manufactured, and that car was in good shape to begin with. So sure. unfortunately, I mean they've been out of production for ninety years. So yeah, I I, I have a lot of friends. I have a friend that just popped a cylinder, a jug on his Stevens Durier, and he can't find one. And he's talked to that guy in, in Washington who who casts that kind of stuff, and he's mm-hmm. looking at twenty five grand for a jug for that thing. Wow! If he can't find one, nope, nope. But that's the nice thing about the brass guys. I, I'm a member of the Horseless Carriage Club, and I, I enjoy their magazine greatly. Even though I don't, I don't personally own anything that old. But uh, it seems like there's a lot of people there who are willing to have parts made based on what they have on their cars. So that's it's, it's good to see the hobby is like that. Yes, very much so. I've been involved with horseless carriage and AACA for years and years and years, and and it's a yeah because horseless you are dealing with such peculiar cars. It, you know, nobody's ever like how many people outside of the hobby have ever heard of a Haynes or a Haynes Apperson. Yeah, it's very, it was very rare, and even even uh, last week um, I, there was a nice uh, article in Hemming. I think it was in Hemmings about Elwood Haynes being inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame. And you read the commentary, and people had no idea. They commented on the man's hat, but they didn't comment. <laughs> on, they had no idea. Well, because there's a picture, there's a standard picture of Elwood wearing this bowler hat, and he, I guess he, he had those over the years. But that's what they commented on, not the fact, you know, not not the car, but the, the man's hat. <laughs> so they, it just shows there's not much. We we try, but it's like a lot of your early cars. I mean, if you're, um, you know, unless you are really into the early, early stuff, you don't have a clue what a lot of these manufacturers were. Oh, heavens uh, Jeff, I'm going to have to stop you there. Let's uh, take a break right quick on America's Web Radio, and we'll be back with Jeff Shively and the Kokomo Automotive Museum in Indiana right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. I'm Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I'll be hosting a new program here on America's Web Radio. We call it The Prologue. Now, you may not yet be familiar with me or my work, and that's the point of the whole show. There are many talented writers out there that you haven't heard of yet. Now, a prologue is an introduction to a piece of literature or perhaps music, and its intention is to hook you into the story or that piece of music. In today's cluttered world of new authors and books, it can be costly and time-consuming to sample everything that's out there. That's where my new show can help. I'll introduce you to the author and their book in an hour-long discussion that just might interest you and entertain you. We hope long enough that you'll want to buy the writer's book. So join me, won't you, right here starting June 12th and continuing on Fridays after that at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on America's Web Radio. That's the prologue with Doug Dahlgren. I look forward to meeting you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And thank you for listening to the Classic Car Show this morning on America's Web Radio. Our guest is... 
Jeff Shively from the Kokomo, Indiana Kokomo Automotive Museum, and we've got Steve Ronaldo and Jeff are talking about various and sundry things. Uh, Jeff, before we get really back into it, how many cars do you all have on display, and, and most of them run, or do you all take them out and exercise them, or do you just leave them there for people to look at and read about? Well, um, okay, that's a long question. Yeah, uh, the answer, we have roughly, uh, depending on what, t- what time of year it is, we have between 100 and 110 cars on display. And the reason the number fluctuates is most of our cars are owned by other people, um, people in the, in the surrounding community. Um, we, we, we borrow most of our cars. We own about a dozen to 15 at any given time. Um, but the cars, the owners, they, they do have limitations, but they can't take their cars out and exercise them. We, we do have a number of cars that we own that we do take out. We have a, a 1959 Cadillac, which I think you're referring to a picture of that one, I think, mm-hmm. um, on the website. We have a lovely 1949 um, Lincoln Cosmopolitan with 12,000 miles on it, which is a real cream puff. And we have a 64 Studebaker Hawk GT. Uh, those are our, kind of our get-em-out-and-drive-em cars. Uh, but we do have a number of other cars that we own. Like a, we own an unmodified 1949 Mercury. It's not had its chop, top chop, anything like that. It's, <laughs> One it's of the three left, good. huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're only uh, we're we're about 25 miles away from Fairmount, Indiana, which shouldn't, I mean, of course, is the home of James Dean and uh, the James Dean Festival. So in the fall, you see chop Mercury's all over the place, <laughs> but not at our museum. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of a lot of Plastic Porsche Speedsters, I'll bet, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, what would, uh, Jeff, what would you consider the most interesting car and or interesting area of the museum? Well, we have a lot of different interesting areas. Um, one thing, I, I, as far as our, people ask us, I'll give you an example. People ask us, what's the most expensive car we have? And it varies because I, I run special exhibits. But within the collection, the most expensive car, most unique we have, I would say, is we have a 1997 General Motors EV1, and it runs and drives. Oh, does it? They, that was a, that's an interesting story unto itself, the EV1. Yes, it is. It's, uh, a lot of the electronics were developed. See, Kokomo is, after, after Haynes and Apperson closed up shop, um, we had a lot of uh, skilled you know, workers here. We, uh, we had Kingston Carburetor. Of course, Kingston made the carburetors of the Model T Ford. Sure. Um, but Chrysler came here uh, in the 1930s, as did General Motors, with its radio division. And, of course, the radio division, Delco, eventually morphed into Delphi. And in the 1990s, they did a lot of the groundwork for the EV-1 for the electronics right there in Kokomo. So we have a, we have a direct tie-in. And the reason we have this car, it um, was originally it was one of those that was used, I think, in Virginia, of all places, um, and it was brought back uh, to Del to the Delphi plant here in Kokomo, and GM kind of forgot about it. Uh, and it sat in the garage for years, and about three years ago, a gentleman who had maintained the car, there was a, a guy who actually, that was kind of his obsession, was maintaining that car. He came to us and said, could we display it in the museum? And we said, well, certainly. Um, and so we took this car in, and we 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 determined one of our one of our board members, our board president, um, we have several Delco, Delphi, um, pretty highly placed guys on our board, and uh, he figures that that car, those EV ones, were probably a million dollars a piece development car. Yeah, I read that someplace. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but ours does run and drive, and it's the Smithsonian's does. 
uh, and those are. So we know two that do. And you talk about getting scarce parts. The front fenders, it's, it's made like a Saturn, so the front fenders are plastic. And unfortunately, all those years of sitting in the, uh, the garage, they cracked on them. So they got these hairline cracks. And, of course, you can't get fenders for an EV1 since they were all crushed. And so that's probably our most unique and kind of interesting little little display there. So you're not going to see no. a running one this side of the Smithsonian. No, that's pretty rare. Um, the other Indiana was a hotbed for cars for years. Yes. In, in the early days, how many Studebakers do you guys have? I'm p- fond of Studebakers. Well, we don't have that many of them. We do have the sixty the sixty four. Um, we also have a, of course, we're Indiana, because the thing you think of besides cars, you probably think of corn um, and soybeans. But uh, we also have a 1947 uh, Studebaker grain truck, uh, very nicely restored. Uh, of course, you can go 80 miles north of us, and the Studebaker National Museum is there. So, sure, it's so they, they take yeah. all the good Studebakers in, but we, we just have two right now. Oh, really? Do you do anything with the racetrack, with the with the, uh, the the racetrack at all for any oh, kind yeah, of celebrations or stuff? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, starting in 2011 um, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they well, in 2011 they were celebrating the centennial of the, of the Speedway. So they had what was called the Celebration of Automobiles. And it was one of the best shows I've ever been to. I mean, they had things in there you don't see normally. They had a Chrysler Thunderbolt. Yeah. Uh, really. They had the Duesenberg, the, the Mormon Meteor that App Jenkins drove. Sure. At the That's the head, what, isn't that the one headlight car? It, it's got one, I think it's got one headlight. It, it, at one point, it had orange wall tires. Yeah, really it, weird it's car. A, it's a wild, wild car. And it was it had been freshly restored. I think a guy named Yegi, I think Yegi owns it over in Ohio. I might be wrong on that one. But it was a great show. It was a fantastic show. And it was so well received, they did it the next three years. And the next three years, I, I've had cars. I've had my our 59 Cadillac there. I've had our 49 Cosmopolitan involved with that. We we actually have a good relationship with the Speedway, with the uh, Hall of Fame Museum. That's a great and place, had too. And a number of their cars on display uh, on temporary exhibits with us. So we, we do we do work with the Speedway. And uh, But we've unfortunately, the Celebration Automobiles, they stopped it this year. I think um, there was a lot of conflict with the new Grand Prix and things like that, so they wanted to go a different direction. With uh, you, were, you were talking earlier uh, about an upcoming celebration, Indiana's 200 years, and your your museum's involvement with that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> well, um, the Hoosier State turns 200 years old next year, and about a year and a half ago, a committee was formed. Uh, I think uh, former first ladies. There were some uh, uh, congressmen, a lot of big wigs in Indiana were on this committee. And the idea is that every county, all we have 92 counties here, every county was going to contribute something to the bicentennial. It could be a display to a local museum. It could be, you know, like a weekend celebration, something like that. You know, whatever you wanted to do. Well, I got the idea to, to string together. I've been in the hobby for 25 years. I've planned, I've worked on national meets. I've done two national driving tours I've planned myself. I've done this stuff. So I thought, why don't we put this together and have something that really... You know, people don't understand how how important Kokomo is to the to the automotive to automotive history all, all across the country. So I thought, what we need is a celebration to talk about that. So what we're going to do, starting Labor Day 2015, 16, which is September 5th, 2016, we're going to have a four-day uh, driving tour uh, to go through Indiana. We're going north and we're going south with two different groups to visit the major cities to talk about 
Kokomo and its automotive history and to get people to come back for our weekend events. And our weekend events will include a Haynes-Apperson reunion, basically along the same idea of the Auburn Court Duesenberg reunion. Sure. We try to get as many of those cars back as we can. I'm hoping for 50 uh, to come back and be displayed on the uh, lawn at the Elwood Haynes Museum, which will be 100, year old, 100 years old this year, his, his mansion. Um, that will be quite an event. We're going to have a classic Car Club of America Grand Classic there. And the big the, the big reason I want people to come is on Sunday the 11th of September 2016, we're going to have an Indiana um, Concord Alliance. Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to try to get as many Indiana-built cars as I can together for one really big show in one of our, we have a gorgeous park on the south end of town that will just be a fantastic site for that. That's cool. So this yeah. is the biggest, it's the most ambitious of any of the projects of any of the counties in Indiana. And in fact, ours was the first one to be approved. Um, so we're working very hard at that. We'll be calling in cars from all over the country for this event. So it's going to be really amazing. And I'm hoping to get a lot of people, a lot of press in the automotive press to get people to come to Kokomo and to see what we have to show them here. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you can do some stuff with Horses Carriage and Antigua Automobile Club of America, and those guys will be more than glad to help you trying to locate as many cars as they can. Oh, yes, yes. Now, do, does uh, America's Web Radio get an exclusive interview uh, that Saturday with you? Absolutely, absolutely, and we'd be very happy if you. If, I know you're you're down there in Atlanta, but you ought to come up here and see it. And we'll, we'll do a live. We can do a live remote from from Kokomo if you want. We'd be very happy for it. Yeah. I don't know if I could afford the uh, the tickets to get into the show. Hey, well, yeah, it's, it won't be too well. The, the idea is to to make the uh, the show accessible to people. Of course, with a lot of these programs, you know, the guys who show up, you know. Unfortunately, pay the pay a lot of the freight, but we're we're looking to get a lot of grants and, and things like that to make this a make it a family friendly educational event. Because for me, that's the whole goal uh, is to educate people about Indiana's automotive heritage. I mean, we it's we build 150 different cars here in this state. Yeah, it's huge, and people just don't realize it. They 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 think of Detroit and Henry Ford, which is fine, but you know. We did an awful lot here. I'd, I'd like state. to meet Henry Ford's press agent. He did a hell of a job, didn't he? Oh, yes. Yes, he did. Oh, yes. Well, and, and, you know, when you're the biggest, and, and that's the thing is, you know, when you look at, when you think of antique cars, if I say an old-time car, what are they going to think of? The Model T. Yeah, or Model A, one of the two. Or Model A, one of the two. Yeah. So, yeah, he did a great job. Jeff, uh, Jeff on an on a annual basis, are you all open uh, year-round? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And um, what... How do you get folks to the museum? How do they find out about you? Uh, you know, this is something, this is one reason we do the show, is that uh, uh, we know there are a lot of folks that uh, a museum may be in their backyard and they don't even know it's there. So, And that is a real problem. We've that That's the problem every museum has. You know, if you really get down to the nitty-gritty of people and they tell you the truth, it is just hard to get people to come to museums anymore, just because of the fact that, well, we, you know, we talk about computers now. You can do anything virtually if you want to. Um, you can't see it or you can't smell it or, t- or you know, or you can't touch the cars, but you don't. You lose that part of it. But but you know, you can see what everything looks like. So that's a real problem. Um, we try. We do, we do outreach. I've actually one thing I've tried. It hasn't been terribly successful. I've reached out. I reach out to car clubs nationally and then locally too. I've had better luck with with Indiana car clubs getting people to come through here on tours because if I can get you to come through here on a tour with your group you know you're likely to come back 
because we have a lot of repeat visitors. And um, I, I do work for the car clubs. Our visitors bureaus, our visitor bureau really works hard to draw people in. So those are those are two of the tools that I, I would think really the, the visitors bureau is probably our best tool for getting people in here. Have you ever um, ever thought about hosting an AACA national meet? We would love to host an AAC national meet. We we have hosted we hosted a national Buick, the Buick Club of America. We hosted them in two thousand two, and the Dodge Brothers in two thousand five. I can and, I can uh, help you do that if you want to. I was on the national board for quite a few years. I can I can put you in touch with the right guy. I would really appreciate that because we would love to we would love to have that. We would, anything that size we would love to have. Jeff, we're going to have to stop. Oops, uh, stop there for a minute, and we'll be back on the Classic Car Show with our guest Jeff Shively from Kokomo, Indiana. We'll be back right after this. Let me go get some more. Could an app be the answer to a better garden? Absolutely. It's the new free app, Homegrown with Bonnie Plants. Note, track, and photograph your garden's progress. Personalize your weather and reminders. Get variety info, grow guides, hands-free dictation, and more. The Homegrown with Bonnie Plants app. The sharpest tool in your garden. Download it free on the App Store. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Live closer to your food source. Learn how to grow it yourself. Please join me every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern on America's Homegrown Veggie Show for tips and advice from the country's best gardeners. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And want to remind you to stay tuned after the Classic Car Show. we got Food and Farm, and then we've got America's Homegrown Veggies, followed by the Master Gardener Hour. So you can uh, figure out how to farm, how to eat, and how to grow pretty plants or something anyway all here on america's web radio we're speaking with jeff shively from kokomo indiana kokomo automotive heritage museum do you do you put all of it together or just automotive museum well yeah we, we just we used to be the city of first automotive heritage museum incorporated but you could barely fit that on a business card so <laughs> they cut it back to the kokomo automotive museum so. all right and you've got a new website coming on board shortly. And yes, uh, yes, we do. We're yes, we do. We exactly working on that right now. Exactly where is Kokomo, and what's the easiest way to get there other than helicopter? Well, yes. Well, the easiest way, we are about 40 miles north of Indianapolis. And uh, the nice thing is, our wonderful state, uh, we've, been, they've been, we've been blessed with a lot of road construction lately, which, of course, that's always the other joke about Indiana. Besides corn, it's road construction. But um, U.S. 31 runs north out of Indianapolis and runs right through Kokomo. Actually, we're now bypassed by it. 
but uh, it's great new roads. They, they they're making it more limited access, so it's it's an it's an easy shot from Indianapolis flying to the airport. You can be here in probably an hour and ten minutes. And, and we're just we're right there, and we literally are off the off of Old Thirty One. So oh, how, we're we're right there. Now. How big is Kokomo? Hmm? How big is Kokomo? It's a, it's about forty thousand people. Okay, we're an old we're an old industrial town, and that's that's really what we've that's what we made our our, our money with was Chrysler. Well, GM before now Chrysler more so because we have. Um, um, we build transmissions, Chrysler transmissions here, and it's actually the largest concentration of transmission production anywhere in the world. Wow. Is in right in our area. If you, if you had to learn Italian, uh, no, we haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guys on the Chrysler have, but uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 different. It's different than when the, when I, I've heard about people talking. It was different when when Daimler was in charge, and then when they, when they were independent again, and. and it's, you know, they've gone through three culture changes in 15 years. Yeah, a lot. Because uh, I spent my whole working career in the automotive industry working for manufacturers. Uh, one of the things that is is my primary interest in this hobby, uh, when I was on the national board, the, the uh, thing I enjoyed the most was being involved with youth development and youth programs. Does, does your museum do anything specific to try to, to get as many young people to understand and become involved with this, this great hobby of ours? Well, that's, that's a tough thing to do, uh, as you probably know. Uh, we, are, well, we, we may have a large collection, but we only have two full-time employees. So we, I'm, I'm the jack-of-all-trades. So I do have an educational program. Um, we've had not, we've not had much luck getting into the schools in particular because of budget cutbacks. But we do we do um, have a number of schools that tour the museum on an annual basis, which is very good. Um, we do have uh, I have an educational program I set up, which kind of walks kids through. It's designed for elementary school because in Indiana I don't know what other states are like, but in Indiana you have our state history classes in fourth grade. And, um, in fact, I remember hearing about Kokomo and Elwood Haynes and the gas boom when I was in fourth grade. So that's kind of what we're aiming at there. But we, uh, we, have, we have tried a few other things, but it's just the problem with getting, getting kids involved. Is, I think it takes a special kind of kid. Uh, I was one of those kids. When I was 16, I was, I was in there both feet. But I'm, I'm afraid that it's, it's, it takes a lot, of, a lot more effort now. Get, get the kids involved. Yeah, it, it, it does. And I, 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 for years, have been trying to, uh, not just kids as much as, as uh, younger adults. Yes, yes. Uh, I've gone and, and, and done things uh, like a, a, a sort of a CAM program I've done, like what is an antique car at things like rotaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of stuff, and that that piques some that piques some interest. But I, I, it, it's a very very big concern for everybody in this hobby. Is yeah, absolutely yeah, and, and and I was hoping you had found the silver bullet here to make this happen. We're always looking at that because I've worked I worked uh, I ran the youth program at the Auburn Gore Duesenberg Club for a couple of years. Um, I'm a school actually I'm, a, I'm an educator by trade. I actually have. Uh, I have a social studies license up through twelfth uh, grade, and I also have a master's in history. So I've taught, I've taught everything from fifth, you know, fifth and sixth graders up to college students. Um, 
so we would think I'd do a better job at this. But, <laughs> but getting people in, it, it is a question, because I found that with, with the car clubs, I'm heavily involved with the Cadillac, LaSalle Club. Me too. That's the Car Club of America. It's hard to get guys... It's hard to get guys under 60 involved, to be honest. Jeff, let's... Uh Get back into the museum a little bit. I'm yes. at your front door, and mm-hmm. uh, walking into the museum, what do I, can you give us a little bit of an audio tour? Sure, sure. Well, well, first thing you do when you walk in, you need to see our gal at the desk and, and pay your admission, obviously. Some people have the impression the museums are free. <laughs> well, I don't know if other museums have a problem, but we do. People think it's just free to the public. <laughs> so you walk into our gift shop. And um, one thing we're trying to do, talking about marketing to different people, we're trying to market more um, things to, to the local people from our local artists and artisans. So you, we have things made by local glass people and, and local craftsmen you can buy in our gift shop. But you do that on the way out. But you walk in through our gift shop, and then the first thing you come to, once you get in the museum, is the uh, replica of the first Haynes automobile. We have it on a turntable, and we have a uh, we have a we call uh, we have a talking Elwood Haynes. Uh, he works sometimes, but he uh, we have a mannequin there who <laughs> we have a voice recording, and he talks about for three minutes about his accomplishments while the car rotates behind him. Um, and then you walk past the facade of his house where he did the experiments. Uh, he almost blew up his kitchen when he was working with the motor first the first time there, uh, so he was cons- confined to the, the shed after that to do his experiments. So we always tell people that little story. And then you walk along basically through through Haynes and Apperson's and early early brass cars. We have a Model T. We have a really beat-up old Model T Speedster that you can have your picture taken on. It's, and it's got the bulb horn, so you can push that. It's for the kids. so they don't, It's to get all the crazy stuff out of the kids' blood right there so they can they can touch it. They can do they can't You can't hurt a Model T. You can't do it. So... We, we have them take, you know, enjoy that and have a picture taken. And then you walk through the museum. As you walk through, basically, you walk through chronologically. You know, we, we go through um, the 19-teens. Then we have a 1920s gas station. Uh, you can look at that. And then you, you curve through the 1930s. We have a large number of Model A's. People, people enjoy those. We have a, a Hubmobile, a 36 Hubmobile, which we believe was displayed at the 1936 uh, Boston Auto Show uh, that has 2,600 miles on it. Really? Wow. 2,600 miles. And uh, it has a really sad story that goes goes with it, but it's a, it's a neat car. And it was restored probably 35 years ago. It sat in a barn from the 1940s until 1977, 78. And uh, then it was restored, what needed to be restored, and, and um, went to the Arwood Court Duesenberg Museum and then came to us. Um, and then you'll you work your way down uh, through our uh, 1940s. Uh, we have a couple of very nice uh, Continentals, first first generation Continentals through there. Uh, a couple of very nice Packards, a 39 Business Coupe, a 36, a gorgeous 36 120 uh, convertible coupe. Uh, and then we have an interesting little place. We have the pillar that that uh, Jay Leno signed when he visited last year. So we actually have a signature of Mr. Leno on our building kind of neat um, and then you kind of curve we got a big area in the middle you curve back up to the, the other direction you'll walk past our diner we have a we have a diner that came up from the Corvette Museum uh, it's a 1950s diner replica um, parked around that we've got a gorgeous 56 um, the 56 uh, Bel Air with uh, the dual quads on it very nice national prize winner 
we've got our 59 Cadillac there with 30,000 miles on it. And you can see the hut that we have a, oh, I'm sorry, we have a, we have a third Studebaker. I forgot our third Studebaker is a 60 Lark. I always forget that car. That's a nice contrast. Then we have several Corvairs. We have, in the 60s, we've got those cars that you need. We've got a 65 Vet. We've got a 64 and a half Mustang. We've got a 64 GTO. And then the last thing you see before you walk out is my special exhibit gallery. And this rotates uh, from different topics. Uh, we've had, two years ago, we had Corvettes for their 60th anniversary. Then we had some race cars for our, we have a local, we have a dirt track. Uh, where a lot of guys from uh, Indy, which uh, A.J. Foyt, um, um, Herdebees, guys like that have yes. raced there back, you know, in the day. We had a little, little exhibit dedicated to that. We had the 50th anniversary of the Mustang in that spot. Uh, we had Cadillacs there last fall. And now we have Thunderbirds celebrating their 60th anniversary. So these are walk-through exhibits you can get in and see. You can't get in the cars, but you can get up close and personal to them. We have a video that plays most of the time. We have a timeline, so I educate you on the Thunderbird and innovations it had, its, its history, things like that. Um, so we, we really let you, we have, we have posters that are based on the um, various ads of the, of the day. So you really get a good experience of what that car was like. And so we'll change topics. I think I'm doing Chrysler. I'm going to do Virgil Exner cars this fall. That's the plan. So you walk out there, back through our gift shop, and um, then you're out the door. And we, we've, we've enjoyed having you visit at that point. <laughs> what, what are the costs to, to visit your museum? Well, it's very moderate. It's only $5 for most people. If you are um, uh, 55 and older or you have a AAA card, it's $4.00. And if it's a group, if you have a group that comes in, say the like today, for example, we have the uh, uh, the Cobra Club, the uh, Shelby Cobra Club is coming through, so they'll be paying three dollars a head. And oftentimes we have next door to us, we have our museum is about forty five thousand square feet, and next door to us in the same building we have a convention center. So there's different um, different conventions there right now. There's a quilt convention there right now of all things, but they have gun shows. They have uh, uh, trade shows of various sorts, all sorts of stuff like that. So those folks, oftentimes, will give them a break coming in at three dollars. But um, we just want people through the door. We're just happy to. We're just happy to see. People. Yeah, and your little on your write up, uh, you talk about other displays that you have, like vintage clothes and all of that kind of yes. stuff. Yes, yes, we, we've had vintage clothes on display. One of one of the more interesting things we have, we have. Um, I mentioned, of course, we have. Um, a rich history with with uh, with radio or with 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 the radios from Delco. We have a great exhibit of uh, radios that were developed in Kokomo starting in the 1930s, uh, right on up through the uh, CDs and CD and and uh, cassette players in the 90s, all the way back to, to those monsters that took a day to install. So we have exhibits like that that I think are pretty interesting. We also have exhibits dedicated to our various local manufacturers. Um, uh, Emmy Hicks, who had accurate parts, he's one of the guys that worked with exchanges. He uh, he um, didn't like the quality of the uh, starters on the Model T Ford, so he made an upgraded version. And you you know you bring in your broken starter, and he'd give you a new one. So um, you know the beginning of the the core charge, and so we have exhibits like that there that, that um, uh, about our heritage as well. Jeff, we're going to have to stop on that note and take another break, and uh, we'll be back with Jeff Shively from the Kokomo Automotive Museum right after this. 
Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I've got a new program starting here, June 12th at 11 a.m. It's called The Prologue, and we'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. Join us, won't you, starting June 12th, 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show, as uh, Steve's talking anyway. But anyhow, we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and we've got our guest on today, Mr. Jeff Shively from the Kokomo Automotive Museum. Jeff, we were were talking about, you and Steve were talking about uh, getting folks in. And I, I'm I'm curious. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. We're and I and even not only put you on the spot, but ask you to help us if you don't mind. All in, right. In talking to your peers, I I want to do through America's Web Radio, and I'll take claim to it or whatever or, or guilt for it. But I want to do a hallmark type thing. I want to set up with museums, and we've interviewed museums. Uh, Basically, from the from the Central Standard Time to the East Coast, we we have a problem. I can't understand it why folks in California don't want to get up at five o'clock out there and do a radio <laughs> show. But you know, for some reason, well, you know about those people on the on the left coast. But anyhow, right, right. With that being said, uh, I want to do a hallmark type thing called Grandparents Day and get all of the museums, as many as we can across the country. To uh, on a certain day, and we haven't picked that day, but I uh, have a grandparent saying where if they bring their grandkids into the museum, there's some kind of super duper special deal. The grandparents get in free, or the kids get in free, and to introduce kids to cars and and uh, find out, let them find out how important cars have been to you know the world, but. Primarily, the United States. The car made the United States. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, the, we want to um, solicit your support in a grandparents' weekend. I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, you, you know, you set it up. You tell me what you like to do. Uh, I, I'm willing to work with anybody. Uh, a chance to bring people to the museum. I, I'm there. Well, you can go ahead and send your personal check for a million, and that'll sort of get us <laughs> kick started. I, I could send it, but I don't think I'd want to cash it. But. Uh, <laughs> but I have a question for you, David, on uh-huh. this. Do you, do you think uh, all kids are grand? I think so. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> let, me, let me answer it this way. At one point in their life, probably so. Yes, um, yes, so we'll, we'll go with that. I, at some point, many of them, uh, and you and I were both including in this, uh, no, we weren't probably heavens. so grand. Probably not, actually. <laughs> Go ahead and ask your your question. My question, okay. This this is. I hope you hear that drum roll in the background because this is a very important uh, automotive question. How many weddings have you had at the museum? Well, you know, surprisingly few. Um, one of the things we, you know, people want to get spectacular at their weddings, and we have to say, you can't hang stuff from the ceiling, and no, you can't do that. Uh, in my tenure there, I've been there three years. We have not had a wedding. But we do, we do have a lot of class reunions, and we do have a lot of, we do host a number of dinners for various organizations. But uh, weddings, we've not really done that many of those. So, you, so you do have a banquet facility. Uh. Yes, it really, what we do, we have a um, um, the center of the museum is carved out as a as a as a as a facility for that. We can have up to two hundred fifty people in there, and uh, we do sometimes. We have uh, we have a, a local automotive hall of fame. And we have a local sports hall of fame that rents the place in the fall, and they fill it. Um, it's uh, it's pretty impressive, but it gets pretty tight in there amongst the cars. But it, it's nice. It's not like if you go to if you go to the Auburn Court Dudesburg Museum or you go to the Gilmore Museum, they have a separate room. You're in amongst the cars, so it's 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 a neat it's a neat venue like that. Yeah, um, a couple things for you to. I have one question. Is there an AACA region in your area? Yes, in fact, I'm a. There's actually several. Uh, I'm a member of the White River Valley uh, region, which is out of Indianapolis. Uh, but we have, I think, I want to say three, maybe four regions in Indiana. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to pass this on to our our about a national meet. We're always looking for good locations, and I think this would be a prime location to do something. Oh, it would, the, the, uh, let me tell you, the great thing about it is we have we have wonderful hotels here. We've got great hotels. There's a lot to do. If you want to go, not just in Kokomo, but you work your way out, we have an air museum 20 miles away at Grissom Air Base. We have uh, glass manufacturing, um, hand-rolled, blown glass. We do that there in town. Uh, obviously, Fairmont's right nearby for your James Dean fans. There's car collections galore to be seen, private collections. It's a great spot. And you're 40 miles from Indianapolis. So you can fly in easily, and there's a lot to see in Indianapolis, well, too. Let me so see if I can, I can do that. The other, other Just a thought, uh, an idea. Uh, I tend to see other people, and they've written back and said this has worked very well. The local Boy Scouts, uh, Haggerty has a youth judging program. Oh, yes. And and some of the museums have done a uh, got the Boy Scouts together and done a a youth judging seminar, oh, and then yes, they yes. judge the cars. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and it doesn't cost you a nickel. So if you call Haggerty and ask for a, a girl named Tabitha, uh, okay. and and you could might want to consider doing that to get some young people involved. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's funny you mention the Boy Scouts because uh, today we have, in our local park, we have uh, a Buick Olds Pontiac and Cadillac show. And the Boy Scouts, they cater it for, for the group. Uh, they, uh, they, bring, they go down there and they, they sell hot sandwiches and they sell uh, lemonade and such. So we, we do have some contacts with the Boy Scouts, which is nice. That might work, that might work for you. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Judging, having them help judge, that would be Sure, absolutely. sure. Absolutely. 
And investing, it doesn't cost you anything. Right. And yeah, that's exactly that's the best part about everything like that. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, in your uh, three-year tenure, back to our grandparents' day, have you heard any good or can you re- relate any good grandparent stories that – uh, as you were walking around, you heard a grandparent telling the kid, "Well, I used to have one of those, or my dad used to have one of those." And and uh, well, those, those those stories are pretty common. Those those and and the kids don't have a concept of of a lot of these things. I mean, it's not uh, you know they may tell them, "Well, we used to drive this far in that car." Well, why didn't you fly? Well, we didn't fly in those days. <laughs> you know, you'll hear a lot of that. But I think one of my favorite comments from kids, not necessarily with a grandparent, uh, I was walking a. Um, a school, a group of school kids through, and we, we came upon this beautiful, um, it's a blue Model A coupe. Love the thing. I'm too big for Model A. I'd love to have a Model A, but I'm just, I'm six foot two and I'm, I'm big. I can't, I can't cram myself into one of those. But the kids were fascinated by this car. They're fascinated by the rumble seat. And, um, uh, one little girl asked me, she says, well, where do the, the kids sit? And I said, well, they're in the back. It's called a rumble seat. And she said, well, well, what would happen when it rained? And I said, well, they'd get wet. And she looked at me and I said, that's, that's just how it was. <laughs> so <laughs> the kids, you know, they, they don't have a concept of anything but, yeah. you know, a four-door sedan with heat and air conditioning and everything like that. They just, and you know, why are you always moving that lever on the floor? Yes. <laughs> What's with that thing? <laughs> they, they really, they really, um, they don't have a concept. And, and, and I think you've probably read the same story as I do. A lot of the younger people today, turning 16 and getting a driver's license isn't what it was no. even 25 years ago when I got my license. It's, you know, it's not that celebration of I'm finally an adult. It's, you know, it's, it's something I have to do. It's a chore. Oh, and, and they're waiting. I, can't, I personally can't understand this or imagine it. I was... I, I was fortunate enough in Texas we could, uh, with your parents' permission, you could get a license as early as 14. And, um, you know, I, I was chomping at the bits. But I, I've even got a, I've got a nephew that's 18 and still doesn't have his driver's license. He just doesn't care. I, you know, somebody else will take him or this right. or that. And, uh, you know, he's into computers. At least he's not into the thumb games on the couch. But... You know, yeah. these other kids that are there, you know, they'd rather sit on the couch and watch their video well, games than... There's no mystique imagine. involved in cars anymore, except for a few. Yeah, that's a real problem. It's a, and, you know, when I grew up in the 80s, I mean, we weren't exactly the, the high point, but, you know, my first car was a 65 Cadillac, so, you know, I went, I just went back a couple of decades and bought mine. That was the easy way to handle that. Sure. So they, could still, they were cheap enough you could buy them at 16. Just like when you go to Walmart parking lot and the guy says, I'll carry it out for you. Which car is yours? Oh, the white four-door sedan in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. That's why it's good to have the little, little thing on the key fob that makes it honk at you. That's, that helps. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it sounds like you've got a great program and a, and, oh, yeah, and, a, and a good location. I, I, I would like to have a, a, a reason to come up there, and if we can do a meet or a tour... Oh, we'd love to have you. We 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 love guests. Kokomo is a, it's a friendly town. I you know, I like I've been there three years, but they've treated me like I'm I'm, I'm one of them, and they just they they just roll the red carpet for you. So we we, we love visitors up there. Absolutely. Well, we'll get somebody to give you a call, and you can go to work on a meter a a, a tour up in that area, divisional tour, three days. And we'd love to have that. I, I love doing touring. So yeah, we we. we've... That those we any sort of contacts like that we appreciate those more than you know. 
But uh, all right, well, Jeff, we'll as we're uh, about to close the show, any uh, last words and how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you, your hours, right quick, and website. Absolutely. Well, of course, our website we, it, it'll be up and running a little better. Kokomo Automotive dot org. Our number, phone number, seven six five four five four nine 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 nine. We're open Tuesday through Sunday, ten to ten to four. Except Sunday, we're eleven to four. And but we do open up if you got a group. Or, you know, you can't make it on those days, give us a call. Maybe we can open up for you and have a special tour. So just uh, uh, please, if you're in the, in the uh, northern uh, Indiana, north central Indiana area, and you want some way to spend two hours, for heaven's sakes, come see us. Jeff, we appreciate you being on uh, America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. It's been thoroughly enjoyable, and uh, we hope to uh, have you back and hope to stay in contact with you. And uh, if there's something we can do for you and the museum, Please don't hesitate to give us a call. All right. Thank you very much, sir. You're listening to America's Web Radio, your conservative 24-hour station. We'll be back with more of the Food and Farm Show coming up, followed by America's Homegrown Veggies right after this. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.